Welcome to Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. This is the podcast designed to help you lead your life enthusiastically today, tomorrow, and every other day. I am your host, Ron Kaiser, positive health psychologist, also a keynote and TEDx speaker, and author of the triple award-winning book, Rejuvenating the Art and Science of Growing Older with Enthusiasm. My website is The Mental Health Gym. It's your source of all kinds of information regarding wellness, rejuvenating, positive psychology, my own particular spin on it that I call goal-achieving psychology, and lots of other wellness-related topics. Uh, It's also the place where you can contact me and even suggest future guests for this podcast. As listeners know, my goal in these podcasts is to present people who are leading their own lives enthusiastically and have different ways of helping us to become the best versions of ourselves. And we try to have a diversity of guests, including some where I don't totally understand the topic until we talk about it, some cases maybe raising questions to know about it, but we're always interested in finding out more that helps us be the best versions of ourselves and being able to judge which which things we can most use. And today's guest is really special in this regard. Uh, Mandy Morris is an entrepreneur, philanthropist, manifestation expert, and the creator of Authentic Living, an online company designed to help individuals reconnect with their authentic selves to find purpose, peace, and deep healing. Mandy has developed eight techniques that have healed deep psychic wounds and changed not only her own life, but the lives of many of her clients, who include athletes, celebrities, and well-known luminaries, off to a great start, luminaries in the wellness field. These really simple practices illustrate that successful manifestation requires alignment with your best intentions and the highest good, and that creating your best life requires overcoming self-defeating thoughts, feelings, and actions that keep you from that keep you in flow and in the universe. So overcoming self-defeating thoughts is not something new to listeners. It's something we feel really strongly about. Mandy has a new book that came out, I think was just a week ago from the time that we are recording this. It'll be maybe a month after uh, once it's out there, but it's called Eight Secrets to Powerful Manifesting how to create the healthy reality of your dreams. And Mandy, it is such a pleasure to have you and have you introduce your concepts to us. Welcome to Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. Thank you for having me, Dr. Ron. I'm excited for this conversation. Great. Well, let's get into it then. I mentioned a term that I'm somewhat familiar with, but I am not totally familiar with all the intricacies of it, and I suspect it's a new term for many of our listeners. That's the term of manifesting. What exactly is it? 
So the first thing I will say is what it's not, or what I think it's been painted incorrectly as, which is this idea that miracles will just drop on your lap if you intend it and you send it out into the universe. And that's not what it means for me or what I teach at least. And so manifestation in the way that I talk about it is the process in which we, whether it's happening on a conscious level or not, are communicating with our environment. And then our environment is responding and further creating our reality. Hmm. Okay, so that's a good start, but got to get a little more into detail on it. So, well, first of all, just again, there are a lot of self-help-ish type things out there. What differentiates manifestation from some of the other kinds of things that might make a listener want to learn more about this? I think it depends on the person. You know, I've noticed that most of the work I do, you could call it manifestation because the outcome is that definition, but I'm also doing trauma work and we're digging into the subconscious mind and we're talking about past beliefs and how people were raised in their programming. But all of that is the compilation of what creates who we are and then how we show up in the world, which then further creates our reality in essence. So it's not this Um, etheric woo-woo perception of miracles, it's more so we're looking for how from a psychological, a scientific, and that beautiful spiritual side, taking the whole trilogy of what we are, and then shifting what isn't working so that we can step into all of our greatness or what we truly are looking for, but seeing that we are in charge of that and assuming responsibility for the pieces that we can change so that that conversation does shift in some way that serves us. And how did you happen to get into this? I never thought I was going to be teaching manifestation. I'll tell you that right now. Um, I have a background in psychology and then I self-taught and for some reason found myself in rooms with NASA scientists, some of the best, most incredible doctors, world leaders in the world. And I'd be sitting in these rooms going, how did I get here? Why, why me? Why am I here? Um, But I have a, a lineage on my father's side of some very highly intelligent individuals, but also riddled with tons of trauma. And so my childhood, unfortunately, had quite a bit of trauma. I began to choose that dysfunction. Um, My father was suicidal and called me during his suicide attempt. And it just shut off my life. It shut off my intelligence and my love and who I was. And so I went into most of my young adult years really lost, making poor decisions. And even though I had a degree as I got into my early 20s, had a degree in psychology, got my master's, was going for my PhD. And I sat there in just incredible disarray and in an abusive relationship and was so unhappy in my job. And I was like, I have all of this knowledge of physics, of you know, very high level neuroscience. I can't say I'm remotely an expert, but I knew enough to, to be dangerous, let's say. And then my background in psychology. And I was like, my life does not show that I know anything because I was so unhappy. And I had this really defining moment where my, the gentleman that I was dating, who was unfortunately abusive, it became physical and it just woke me up. And I realized that the only thing that I could do was change all of these behaviors, all of these perceptions and thoughts and stuff that had gotten me to where I was. And for probably the first time in my life, I fully assumed responsibility and all of that knowledge finally cemented itself in me and I could do something with it. And it was a completely different sense of empowerment. And I call it embodiment. And all of that stuff just started working its way out. It was a process. wasn't perfect after that. But I realized, gosh, when I'm doing these things, miraculous things are happening in my life. All these incredible people are showing up. 
I'm healing myself faster than I ever could have before. I'm understanding parts of myself that I never knew before. And so manifestation began, I had, you know, I personally believe in a higher power. So I always had that communication going and it was like, you know, you're going to be healing some deep wounds, but we're going to call it manifestation. So that kind of just happened that way. And then I reverse engineered my life and then started teaching others and perfecting the process. And here I am today. Really, really interesting. Is it particularly good for trauma or what kinds of people are most appropriate for manifestation? Such a good question. And I feel like it might be a little bit different for everyone because there is this form of manifestation that the world knows where you can say a mantra or you can do an affirmation and it works. But then there's this whole huge collective community of nothing I do works. So I don't believe in manifestation. I can't turn my life around. You know, everything's always falling apart. And I call that counter manifesting. So it's the idea that we are always creating our reality. We just don't understand the communication that we're having or how we're doing it because it's rooted in the past and it is rooted in trauma. So even if someone comes to me and they may not have by definition, extensive trauma, but they have incorrect beliefs or perceptions about themselves or the world, then absolutely, because we got to unravel all that stuff so that our thoughts start, you know, rewiring themselves in whatever ways aren't serving us. And from a practical standpoint, how do you interface with medicine or psychology or other, uh, I guess, more traditional disciplines? So I actually train a lot of um, therapists and psychiatrists. Now I created a methodology around this that I did clinically. So I was working on psychosomatic illnesses um, in Scandinavia. And this is where a lot of this really was birthed from in a sense, because when I was working on these psychosomatic illnesses specific to that, I cannot do anything else. I'm not a doctor by any means. So I make sure I say that I just had a knack for this particular thing, but I would have um, patients, they would call me in whenever certain devices could detect that the, the ailment was in fact psychosomatic and they would call me in and I would sit and talk to them in real time where we had neurofeedback or biofeedback and all that jazz as well. And so it was this really weird intuitive process that would come out of me where I could get to the root of the issue and then cause, you know, the person to release the trauma that was causing the health ailment. And then we would, you know, follow up afterwards to ensure that it, it was impactful if we needed to continue to change it. So um, that piece tying in how the brain is wired, you know, the neuroscience of it, how to change the neurological pathways, but it was a completely intuitive process for me at first. I had to look back and say, how am I doing this? And how is this working? I'm just loving the person and asking the questions I think I'm supposed to ask, but there was a method to it. So it was rooted in the psychology and that understanding of how behaviors typically work in people or what could cause what, but then the science of understanding how the brain will wire itself and then how to unwire it, we'll call it <laughs> not very sciencey. And then that spiritual piece where I would bring compassion and deep care. And I loved these people in front of me. I love humanity in a way that I, most people maybe don't understand or don't believe or something, but that deep care, when you have a patient or a person in front of you and you're like, I understand what you're capable of and who you can be. And I see you whole from a, even a meditative standpoint where they've done that with monks, that type of healing, that type of care does unbelievable things, even to the subconscious, you know, everything can start coming up and feeling safe enough to be released. So it kind of peppers, you know, all around with the science and the psychology. And then I say it, it wouldn't work if there wasn't a, a spiritual or a loving component to it. 
So what does a, a session look like? When, you know, is it meditation? Is it talking? Is it exercising? Is it yoga? What, I mean, <laughs> what, what is it like? I'm not very flexible, so I can't, I can't do any yoga, but, uh, it's a mixture of all of it, the way that I teach it now. And I don't do sessions, um, one-on-one very often, unless there's a, a quite an emergency where I'm kind of called into those scenarios. But what I teach my practitioners is a mixture of all of it. So they may be able to, um, utilize a meditation because someone, you know, talk therapy doesn't really work because they don't want to talk. They want to shut down, but if they can feel in control of the release then through, you know, a meditation, even if it's guided, it just feels safer. So we can get further for a moment, but then we're jumping back into let's talk, let's get to the root, you know, where are we triggered? Um, we're playing around with all of those pieces as well. So a session could go many different ways. It is, I do teach, although it sounds weird and I don't even know how to explain it in real time shortly, at least, but teaching the intuitive process as well. How do you listen to when someone is starting to resonate with something specific and, you know, that energetic transference or communication of, I want to keep talking about this, or I don't know why, but all of a sudden I'm thinking about your dad. Let's talk about that. And the session will take crazy twists and turns, but they are so, so impactful. So we can get in a 30 minute session or a one hour session more done than, you know, what could have taken months. And I guess that leads to the next obvious question is, if somebody gets into this, is it, you know, something that's a session or two, or is it a way of life, or is it uh, typically take, you know, six months, or what, what happens in the process? I, this is such a good question too, Dr. Ron, because it is a little bit different for everyone. I've had folks who will sit down with me for an hour at one of our large events, and they are just off and running. But I'm sure you know this even better than I, everyone's wired just slightly or if not quite a bit different, how they got where they are might be different reasons and so forth and how ready they are to grow. That's one of my rules is you can't work on someone who's not willing to work on themselves. At least my work won't work with that, unfortunately. And so one of the biggest pieces is if you can get someone to begin to, I always say, I want to work myself out of a job. So I tell, I tell everybody that too. I'm like, there are enough people to serve, give them the tools, you know, start the process but give them the tools so that they can eventually do this on themselves so that they can check the process and it becomes just who they are. But that could take four hours, 30 days, and for some, maybe six months. But usually it's around the 30-day mark that I'm hearing people say, oh my gosh, everything is different. And then I'll always check on them again a couple of years later, and they're still climbing higher and higher. Well, you started out kind of indicating that uh, both in your own case and some of the patients that trauma is one of the things that that may lead people to it. I'm wondering what others, I mean, I'm thinking just in terms of my decades work in psychology, it's, uh, I don't know that I've ever had a patient who came and said, geez, I want to be self-actualized or I want to, you know, just be at peace with the world or things of that nature. There usually is some kind of a, an underlying problem that they're identifying. And while it might make sense, uh, and again, my, my website's called the Mental Health Gym, I do like to think that people don't, just like you go to a gym, you don't have to be out of shape to do it. You just want to get better. But I'm assuming that people tend to come there with a particular problem. And, and other than trauma, are there other areas that uh, tend to, to particularly benefit from it? 
Yeah. You know, I get, I'm lucky. I get a, a good walk of life. I think because I use the term manifestation, that's pretty attractive to a lot of people. And so I'll have folks who are, you know, they're world leaders or they're celebrities. And they're like, my life is great. It's just this one area. So, and it's usually rooted in trauma once we talk about it a bit, or it's a belief that's not happening, or they feel like they need to be serving the world and doing their purpose work. And they feel like they're not, but I completely agree with you. Really, once you start digging, you're like, well, this goes back to a certain time. Maybe we don't remember the exact trauma, but it's some type of belief that must've stemmed from some experience that you are remembering in some way and it's sabotaging you. So it's kind of a mix, a walk of life. But I think, especially nowadays, I, I hear this a lot that trauma is getting called a lot of different things. So I'm like, I'll just call it, it's that thing where it creates a stamp, a really high emotional stamp or energetic stamp. And in some way it changes our behavior moving forward in an inauthentic way. And so I think no matter what someone's coming to me for, if they want to do more good for the world, if they're at the top of their game, um, or they're completely debilitated. It's, it's always rooted back to something that falls under the realm of, of trauma. Well, since you're dealing with trauma, and this, this is really, really interesting, but, but since you're dealing with trauma, are there any uh, dangers? Is there anything that uh, you might get into that probably should be dealt with other than manifestation or any, any safeguards that, that somebody... Uh... 100%, yes. And I'm glad you bring this up. Always when we're talking about, and I've, I've you know, done quite a bit of research and background in this, but I always tell my practitioner this too. I'm like, if you have someone who brings any type of mental illness to you, you are not equipped. You are not allowed to serve them in that way. If they're, that's what they're coming to you for. No, you are, you're a life coach or you're a practitioner of this particular, you know, methodology, which has nothing to do with that. That's why we're not even, you know, trauma practitioners per se, but anything with mental illness, if they are suicidal, you know, kind of the, the basic these are the no-nos um, we have. I actually provide it to my practitioners where they have a whole list of amazing psychiatrists and therapists and addiction counselors. I know my, my strengths and my weaknesses. So we have an amazing team that we can lean on whenever we find someone, Hey, this is where they would best be served right now. And hopefully we get to serve them in the future. That's really helpful and very interesting. I think I'm not going to be telling you anything new, but I think you kind of, uh, have kind of a similar thing as those of us who work in positive psychology do that uh, just in terms of the notion that, you know, we're just trying to see everything good in the world. And ultimately, you know, that there, there aren't things of that nature that that's kind of superficial. It's not that deep. And now you're telling me a lot of people are done in, in 30 days so I guess I'm wondering, the criticisms that I've heard are, number one, that it, there are no goals, that it's just kind of, you know, an amorphous kind of thing, and that it's kind of superficial. And I, and I admit, I'm not, I'm not even an expert critic of it. I don't, I don't know <laughs> enough to, to be able to, to criticize it. But just, you know, I've heard a lot of good things, and I've heard a few questions about it. And, and lumping it with the secret, with lots of other kinds of things where I'm sure there's a relationship, but I'm not sure, you know, how much. Yeah, I think it's the definition of done, right? So it's not, oh, you're done in life. You'll be good to go forever moving forward as you now have the tools to move forward in life so that when these triggers pop up, when you're starting to self-sabotage, when you're speaking poorly about yourself, you know what to do instead of sitting there flailing. I call it treading water. So you're not drowning anymore. 
you're starting to swim. And I think anything with a positive incline towards more self-empowerment, more self-mastery is a win. Um, But yeah, absolutely. I've heard that. I was just doing a bunch of interviews last week. And one thing I was with John Edward and he was talking about, and I was like, thank you so much for saying this. And he said, I do not like manifestation. I don't agree with, you know, and we were having a fantastic conversation. He's a dear friend now, um, but we were having this great conversation about it. He's like, but because he read the book, he's like, I read the book twice. I wouldn't talk to my audience. You know, if I hadn't read the book twice already, he's like, you are telling them they have to do the work and then the magic can come. This is not something again, that just drops on your lap, but you have to do the work so that you can get yourself into alignment where life just feels like it's working out for you, but it's because you've mastered yourself. And I was like, exactly. So I think absolutely, if someone just heard it surface level, they'd be like, oh, manifestation is this big clump of things. But that's a part of my mission is to change the conversation around it, that it doesn't have to be this really woo-woo perception of, you know, everything's just going to be magical from here on out or, you know, one and done. It is life is a constant evolution of growth. But if we can equip ourselves with how life will give us those twists and turns, then life always gets better as well. Not because things don't continue to happen to us, but because we're so empowered and we know what to do when anything happens. And by all means, when my manifestation process really began, it wasn't like everything was perfect or life always worked out for me. There was huge traumas that happened in between then. But all of a sudden I found myself going, I'm leaning back on all of the tools that I teach people as always. And it's so beautifully working that I can see the lessons. I can move through things that would have debilitated me for months, if not years. And it's, it's literally solved in two weeks or less. That's so beautiful. But it's just in understanding that part of why manifestation didn't work because it was called something incorrectly and what it can mean moving forward. So maybe I'm kind of changing the definition, if you will. Okay, great, great. That, uh, that, that's really helpful to know. What about, I mean, since uh, you wrote the book, and I guess the, the key question for me is, if I read the book, is that enough? Is it a starting point or is it something that will help me to decide whether I need more intense work or whatever? Maybe what, why should I read the book? And for the listeners, why should they buy it? Um, right. I like what you said, Dr. Ron, because if you sit there and you read a book, but you're not in the place to receive the information, then it could be total gold. But if they're not ready to receive it, or if it's not the right time in their life, or it just simply doesn't resonate then it's not for them. So I think the biggest thing would be an open mind to what manifestation can mean. Um, Even if someone studied it before I present it in a way that's never, so I've heard, and I, I know every manifestation OG, they're amazing people. And even they are like, this is a whole new way. You totally get it, but you're explaining this in in a different way. Um, But it's, I would say the biggest thing is you got to do the work. The book is very chronological. There's quite a few steps because we're releasing and and healing some things and moving ourselves into different spaces and getting more insightful about who we are, how we're showing up in our world. But that process, you know, there's a few steps to it. So the biggest thing is, you know, be willing to do the work and expect miracles, truly so. At least that's what they feel like when they start happening uh, because you're in alignment with yourself and, you know, with your environment. But I feel like if someone feels intuitively pulled, I'd never be here to to push something on someone. But if they're like, you know what? I've watched a couple of this gal's videos. She seems like she might know what she's talking about or I kind of resonate with her. Then, I mean, that's the most inexpensive way to to learn the knowledge that I personally have to share. Is there uh, anything you can tell us about the steps uh, without, or is it 
too complicated to just too superficial to throw out at this point. Yeah, thank you for saying that. It is a little bit complicated. And I hate to say that because you you wish you could be like, in five steps, you'll be done. Um, but it's not like that. It's They are integral pieces. And some of them, like the first step is energetic check-ins. And you're checking in with your emotional state. And then you're detangling what that looks like. And that's, I mean, it's a 48-hour process in and of itself to just get started. And then you have to do it basically for the rest of your life, but it becomes this really natural way of being, of just being aware of your emotions basically, but it's how to start that process. So if I jumped through each one, I think it would be a little confusing just because there's a lot of steps to it for it to truly work. So I wouldn't want to give someone a, a half, half a butt thing. Okay. Right, well, I appreciate the honesty. Let's talk about practical stuff. Then uh, you said you don't do much one-to-one stuff at this point. Is there, uh, I'll ask about three questions that are one. One is, is there something like a certification process so somebody can find a practitioner or is there some registry or something along those lines? Secondly, what do you do, uh, you know, since you're not doing uh, that, <laughs> how do you spend your time? And what what do you offer to, to people who, our number one, don't live in, uh, where is it, Colorado? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, don't have access to you directly, but are interested in learning more about what you have to say. Yeah, thank you. So primarily Authentic Living, which is the company that I created back in 2015, uh, we have well over a million students now, and they're all over the world. We are in 60 plus countries. I have practitioners in 60 plus countries. A lot of them, especially due to the pandemic, are working virtually. You can find them on um, my website, mandymorris.love under coaches. Now those are the coaches or therapists that want or have the ability to take on additional clients. Many of them who have been certified are using it in their practice already. They already have a full client base. And so they didn't want that experience. Um, but outside of that, Mandy Morris, that same uh, website, mandymorris.love has all of our digital programs I'm always creating new stuff, although I did take a break for a bit to write the book because the book took me a, a, a few years. But we have many different digital programs that are specific to personal growth. And then, of course, my practitioner programs that really any walk of life, it seems, can benefit from. I've had just about every type of person. And that methodology is being used with first responders, PTSD, all kinds of things there. And then outside of that, the book, of course, the eightsecrets.com. Um, that's kind of the, the beginning phase to see if I resonate with someone. And that's been such an incredible and exciting piece. But, and then I also have a retreat center here in Colorado, which is why our family ended up here. I've got horses and chickens and dogs and my amazing husband and our, our beautiful boys and everything. But we have a retreat center here where either our practitioners or when we can, um, we conduct events too. So we're kind of all over the place doing a million things. We're in uh, the Philippines doing our philanthropic work, but uh, specific to programs, I would say just Google me and then everything will start popping up and then you can see if you're like, oh, this makes sense. Okay, great. And we'll have all this information in the show notes, but I got, uh, let's see, a couple of important other questions. One, we've mentioned the book, but you didn't tell us how we can get it. Yes. So the eight secrets.com, that's the website. And it is spelt just like it sounds, except for the eight is just the number. So the eight secrets, plural.com. And that has tons of different bonuses and additional opportunities. We're also doing 
um, different events throughout. So regardless of when y'all hear this, um, those bonuses will still be available. Okay. And the other question that I kind of just thought of a couple of minutes ago, there are uh, certainly techniques that are self-contained and, you know, you have to be a psychoanalyst to do analysis or call yourself that or certain things. If, uh, say, I wanted to incorporate some of what you do in my practice, is it something where, where it's it's an all or nothing kind of thing? Or is this something that other people can utilize? Just like with positive psychology, it can cut across various kinds of lines as long as you have a, some of the techniques and the concepts and, and the philosophy in mind. You don't have to identify your practice as positive psychology the way mine is. But, uh, well, I, I guess I, I can either talk longer about why I'm, why I'm asking or I can trust that you understood the question. And can... Yes, completely. And I, it can go both ways. Absolutely. And when I first created that, that, I have two certification programs now, but when I created that level one, that first one, I had no idea that therapists and psychiatrists would even be interested in it. You know, me just thinking I'm maybe it'll be coaches. Um, but then all of a sudden I've got nurses, real estate agents, psychiatrists um, of all walks, addiction counselors, therapists. I didn't realize that I built the program in such a way that it was such a great addition to anyone, a business coach, life coach, health coach, and then, you know, different forms of therapy. I mean, us showing up in the first responders world, we're now one of the options um, that first responders can utilize as their um, peer-reviewed, I shouldn't say therapy, but their peer-reviewed conversations. So it just, it sprouted its own legs, I think, just because I loved the world so much that I wanted to create something amazing, um, but it really crosses over into all walks uh, is what I've, I've just seen through the process, but certainly wasn't expecting. Great, great. That's great to hear. And, uh, I do have to say for anybody who's really a lifelong learner, I mean, it sounds like the book is just the ideal place to start, to learn about it, to see about incorporating it. And uh, then you've got lots of resources available through Mandy. And uh, again, all that stuff will be on the show notes. But can you give us one more time the, the, the website or how the, the best way to get in touch with you case yes. uh, want to get on it right away. Absolutely. So the book specifically, um, and I'm so sorry, I have so many websites. I should probably make this more simplistic, but we have the book website, which has all of those bonuses and that's the eight secrets.com. Um, and then my personal website, which is Mandy Morris.love. And to make things even more confusing, just in case everyone wants it. Um, Cause my husband is also a part of my business in his own realm authenticlivingforlife.com or authenticliving.com. And you will see everything that Authentic Living has its hands in right now, just in case maybe another practitioner resonates more or certain pieces of my work and so forth, um, whatever, whatever works. Okay, great. Well, there should be no excuse for not being able to find you because you seem <laughs> like you're all over the place. So it's, uh, <laughs> and this has really been tremendously enlightening, uh, tremendously uh, thought-provoking for, for anybody, I, I think, because I just think that we have to, again, if you're a lifelong learner, if you want to become the best version of yourself, you owe it to yourself to find out what's out there. And certainly much of what 
Mandy says, really dovetails with, you know, my approach and goal achieving psychology and positive psychology and rejuvenating and so much fits together. And uh, while I initially booked Mandy because I was curious, I really feel that I've really gained a whole lot and really contributed a lot to to our listeners. So, uh, Mandy, it's just tremendous having had this conversation with you. Look forward to maybe doing it again in the future. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Ron. I appreciate it. And so that brings to an end another, what I consider really terrific episode of Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser with our terrific guest, Mandy Morris. We learned a lot today and hope you'll follow up and implement some of this stuff because uh, it looks like it can be so much, so helpful to so many people. And obviously, hope you'll visit our website, mentalhealthgym.com, which is undergoing a bit of reconstruction at this time. So uh, it's going to get better as time goes on. But if you tried to get on last night, we were cleaning up some files and so on, and there's some things missing. But uh, again, it's, it is a source for all kinds of information we get regarding wellness and positive psychology. We hope that you'll tell your friends about the interview, uh, that you will download it, listen, rate, review, and of course, visit one of Mandy's websites and get her book. It's a really great place to start to learn about this. And looking forward to seeing you again next week when we have another interesting guest to help you lead your life enthusiastically to help us all become the best versions of ourselves. And uh, while the world is seems to be emerging in a more positive way in some, some ways, at least in the health standpoint, I just got reminded uh, that I'm eligible to get my fourth uh, booster or second booster. Uh, so we're not out of the pandemic yet. So I do want to close again with reminding you to stay safe. Let's make this a real year where we get this thing beat, where we can enjoy ourselves and our lives in in the maximum way possible. And again, I look forward to seeing you next week. Take care and everybody have a real good week and talk soon.